0: Welcome to the Littler Labor and Employment Podcast. Conversations about employment and labor law issues that impact the workplace.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is George Lopez. I am chair of the Global Mobility and Immigration Practice Group at Littler. With me today is Tasneem Zaman, who has various years of experience in managing cases related to the PERM process, which deals with conversion to green cards from a short-term visa status. With that said, Tasneem, can we explain to folks really what PERM is all about and what its core value is meant to be?
0: Of course, hi everyone. So I'm Tasneem. Basically the PERM process is the first step in the permanent residence process for employers who wants to sponsor foreign nationals under an employment-based permanent residency process. The entire process, the foundation of it, is basically the offer of a permanent employment with that employer. And under this process, the company has to conduct- Can we can we
1: stop there for a second? Mm-hmm. Um, when we deal with the word permanent in the employment world, that it does send certain concern in our employment colleagues at Ledler. For us at immigration law, permanent means somebody who's not here on a temporary short-term visa. How how would you define permanent from an immigration perspective, meaning that or something else?
0: Well, the word permanent under the Department of Labor Regulations is not really defined. So when you say permanent, we mean that there is no end to it in the sense that it's still an at-will employment however the employer is extending this employment based on this offer that the employee will join and then can terminate or be terminated at will you know based on mutual consent of between the employer and the employee
1: great thank you that's just want to clarify that Mm -hmm. so i interrupt to you Go ahead. No,
0: that's okay. So, so under this process, in order for the employer to you know, proceed with this offer of permanent residency, which technically means that, that the person can reside here permanently without the need of an underlying non-immigrant visa, the employer first has to show and prove to the Department of Labor that it has adequately tested the labor market. And how does that do that? Well, there are different kinds of recruitments that the employer has to go through, which are actually very much regulatory enforced. And they have very strict adherence to the regulations that governs this PERM process.
1: So it's somewhat technical.
0: It is technical and it is very unforgiving. And it's basically the PERM is actually called an exacting process. So the employers have to be very careful in choosing what publications they use, you know, what kind of um, um, methods of recruitment are being used, are they actually being enforced, and are they actually complying with the Department of Labor regulations? Because a certain little typo or even a little mistake can result in a denial, which will result in the employer to start over the process.
1: Thank you for that. And uh, there's always a lot of things going on in the immigration sphere and there's been lots of guidance that's come out in the PERM process from DOL and other government agencies that touch it. But there's some that have recently come out that we wanted to talk to folks about it, that we think it might be of interest some some of our clients and companies out there that uh, that are just in this world.
0: Right. Uh, absolutely. So the labor certification process is definitely under the uh, review of who's called the certifying officer. He has the initial authority to certify or deny labor certifications. If the certifying officer denies the case, then the employers have the option to appeal that case. Then that goes to what is called BALCA, which is an acronym for Board of Labor Certification Court of Appeals. And very recently, there was a case that came down as recent as last week, actually, which actually dealt with the... Part of the advertisement, the mandatory advertisements that the employer has to publish and as specific as it can get, the Balka, the Court of Labor Certification Appeals came down and said, well, the, the newspapers that the employers chose to give those two Sunday print ads are not the most appropriate. Why why is
1: that important? I I don't understand. I mean, because when it comes uh, down to it, they say two Sunday ads and they don't really specify which ones.
0: Yeah, it's very important because the regulations actually mention that the employer has to publish the ads in a newspaper, which is most appropriate, and it is likely to get the most responses from the U.S. workers. So As for instance, you have newspapers that we can see maybe at the side of the restaurants, right, as opposed to the widely circulated newspapers. Let's say, for instance, in the D.C. area, there is a newspaper called the D.C. Metro, which you can find next to the restaurants. You know, it's just right there in a pile as opposed to the Washington Post. So the Department of Labor's objective is to protect the labor market. And in order to protect the labor market, they want to make sure that all U.S. workers have access to that job opening. And what's the most appropriate paper that... The employer should choose. Is it that paper right by the restaurant or is it the Washington Post? Depending on the occupation, of course, but typically what BALCA has held based on this decision that the employer... What is is
1: BALCA again? BALCA
0: is the Board of Labor Certification Court of Appeals. That's when an application is denied. The employer has the right to appeal the case to BALCA.
1: So it's the Department of Labor's courts that deal with the perm process.
0: Correct. Exactly. Got it. Got exactly. it. Thank you. Exactly. So Volca is very, um, you know, intelligent in its decisions. However, we were, as the, you know, the lawyer community, we were actually surprised with this decision because it sided with the uh, certifying officer when it said, "Well, I, we don't think that the employer." went ahead and chose the right paper because it advertised in a paper which was only published three times a week. And it was the third largest widely circulated paper in that geographic location where the work site is, as opposed to a paper that was already existing in that geographic location, which is a daily newspaper and has three times more the circulation of the paper chosen by employer. So under this decision, it's very important that the employers choose the correct newspaper because these two Sunday ads are the mandatory ads that has to be given for all occupations, whether it's a skilled worker or whether it's a professional or whether even if it's an advanced degree profession. So that is a very important decision. And I think that's something that we need to pay close attention to when we are actually recruiting for these positions
1: what i'm hearing is two things number one thing is well it's important because it creates a greater outreach to the potential candidate pool for testing the market that's the mission of the dol but then i'm looking at it from our perspective our client's perspective it's also looking at the most expensive option because then that almost throws you into defaulting and that's how i read it i mean if i'm incorrect by all means You're
0: very correct, and that is one of the biggest problems that we have seen because these big papers, they are also very expensive. They can run out to... Seven $8,000 just with two Sunday ads. But there is a certain loophole over there. We don't have to go ahead and publish the entire job opening in the paper. We can actually, you know, shorten it and make sure that the minimum requirements that are required by the regulations are in the paper, are in the advertisements. So there is that, you know, leverage that we have that we can reduce or shorten the ads as long as we comply with the regulations.
1: Yeah, but the Los Angeles Times... New York Times, Washington Post. I'm not picking on those papers per se. I'm just using big market newspapers. You know, it's probably the most expensive and not cost-effective option in this process.
0: It is not. And it already
1: is a technical, procedurally technical and expensive process for companies to support.
0: Correct. Exactly. And in order to reduce the cost while this decision really, you know, limits the use of papers as far as the Sunday ads, we now have to be creative and find out options about what else, what other advertisement measures that we could use, which actually comply with the Department of Labor regulations, such as, you know, we definitely can use the company website. That is A cost-effective solution; it doesn't cost the employer to do that. Or sometimes, so wait, wait, wait,
1: wait. You're telling me we can use a company website instead of the Sunday newspaper? Is that what? i no, no. The company
0: website is one of the additional ads for professional ads, but it is cost-effective in the sense that, as opposed to putting it on Monster.com, which is also another internet job search online, the company can utilize their website and save the cost of the. You know, or other job search um, internet websites to place the ads. That way, they can balance out the costs. Because from what we are reading from this decision, it seems that now that Balka has, you know, given its standing as to where it is regarding the newspapers. Until unless another decision comes up and overrules this, we have to go with the widely most circulated paper for the two Sunday ads. Unfortunately.
1: Wow. All I'm hearing is, ka-ching, ka-ching, this is going to be ka-ching, very, ka-ching. very expensive. Correct. So yeah, it, it's, it's th- almost its almost that decision is what I'm hearing from you is it's almost defaulting us to take the more conservative option, which is the newspaper of most general circulation. That's what we should be looking at.
0: Correct. You're absolutely correct. Because yes.
1: that's what the decision was all about. It was saying, hey, there's a, there was another option that was in the market more more expansively, And you didn't select that option as a result of which the recruitment was faulty. Therefore, this should be denied.
0: Correct. You're right. And then, you know, there are also other instances come up in some basically, you know, sometimes and the positions are in rural areas. What if there's no Sunday paper? What if there's no, you know, daily paper in those rural areas? What do you do? What are employers supposed to do in that scenario? So basically what the regulations state that, Well, in that scenario, the employer can go with whatever paper is available, but the employer has the burden to demonstrate to the Department of Labor that that is the most widely circulated and the general circulated paper in that geographic location. Wow.
1: The federal government has now just added additional dollars that must be invested by companies to do the recruitment. Correct. So a process that now is possibly tens of thousands of dollars will probably
0: for advertising. Much more. Yeah. For yeah. On top of everything that's being paid, you know, to the as fees to the other agencies.
1: And speaking of payment, this might be a good segue to basically remind people is to the, the perm process who is in charge of making those payments for who's, who's financially responsible?
0: The entire responsibility, as far as the financial, the costs, and everything rests with the employer who's sponsoring. Wait a minute,
1: wait a minute. If we do that and we have an employee that basically makes us go through the system, we've now invested tens of thousands of dollars in this process, gotten the approvals, and certain nationalities take longer than others because of priority dates, et cetera. Now that that person decides to leave, and I have an agreement that maybe allows me to get reimbursement back. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that's a fact that will, that's a different discussion. But at the end of the day, let's say it does exist. I'm not allowed to basically go after the DOL the fees that I paid, the most expensive part of the stages of the green card processing. I'm stuck with
0: that as an employer. Yes, unfortunately, George, that you're wow. stuck with that. Yeah. And for and to just to let you know that there is no DOL fees to file the perm, but all these costs for the advertisements and everything adds up. You know, yeah. and yeah, unfortunately there's no way that the employer can seek reimbursement from the employee or for anybody else or any other party for that matter.
1: Great. Thank you for that. Is is there anything that you've seen lately that's trending in a more restrictive manner like this? Or
0: well, the PARM process is always restrictive. So it's extremely important for us practitioners to be at least one step ahead of the Department of Labor. I know that's difficult to predict, but definitely I think the way to go with PARM is to take the conservative way and to make sure that, you know, everything that is in the regulations is complied with so that, you know, the Department of Labor doesn't have a chance. And even then, you know, when we do comply with the Department of Labor regulations, they want us to see the intent behind the regulations. So now we have to even go ahead and see, okay, what was the intent behind this and strategize our cases and and advise our employers, our clients, to move that way in order to see an approval or get an approval after an audit.
1: Um, So, I mean, the takeaway I get from this decision you were talking about is pretty much Mm -hmm. that employers can be expecting to look at the more conservative thing to do is use a newspaper of widest circulation Correct. in the area where they need to do the recruitment. Correct. Yeah.
0: That is not actually the requirement for the another set of additional ads that the employer needs to put, which is in the local paper ad. They don't need to go ahead and do that in a widely circulated paper as long as it's within the county. But that does not substitute the two Sunday ads. That's an additional to the two Sunday print ads that he needs to be.
1: Right. I don't want people to get confused on that are listening to this, but at the end of the day, when you're talking about the two Sunday ads, that's regulatory, that's required. There's additional recruitment beyond the two Sunday ads, and that's what you're mentioning. Correct. Okay. All right.
0: Yes. For professional positions that require at least a bachelor's degree.
1: Got it. Understood. Well, Tasneem, thank you very much for spending some time with us today and basically going through this process. It's been really good to kind of highlight some of these issues, particularly something that's important as the PERM process and how it can affect many companies out there. Thank you very
0: much. Thank you. You're very welcome. My pleasure. The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations. It is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment related issue. To discover other labor and employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice, visit Littler.com slash podcasts.